Let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Uh, I'm going to look at John 14. Um, we're going through John's Gospel, um, and uh, we'll pray. I should pray that Holy Spirit speaks to each one of us, because that's what it's about, isn't it? It's the written word, speaking dream word, living word into our situations. But you need to pray for me as well, because this is such a rich chapter, and Laura's given me the whole chapter, and it's uh, 31 verses uh, of just wonderful stuff. Um, well, I want to focus on the two things I think Holy Spirit's picked up to share properly this morning. Is that okay? Let's pray. Father, as we come to your written word, to these words that your son spoke on, on that sort of last night with the disciples... I pray that your Holy Spirit would take them and speak truth into our hearts. Well, most of this we know, but with the spotlight of your Spirit, highlight stuff for us that we might be those people who love you and obey what you command, those people who live as Jesus' followers in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read, I'm not going to read the whole chapter and then go through it, I'm going to read, sort of chunk it a bit, if that's okay. If you're, I've not told Marcus to do this, he may or may not get John 14 and I'll be on screen um, in church, um, but it's okay if, if at home, John 14, verse 1. Now the context of this, the setting of this, I think is quite important. Uh, if you remember, uh, last week we dealt with... John 13, which comes for John 14, always good. Uh, and at the end of that, they're in the upper room. Jesus is there with the disciples. They've had their, their meal. And during the meal, um, there's been a conversation about someone betraying Jesus. And Jesus has given the bit to, to Judas. And he tells Judas to go out and do it quickly. And uh, Jesus is gone. The events of the crucifixion, Good Friday, and the resurrection are now set in train. It's going. It's happening. And Jesus is there with the disciples, and this really is the last opportunity he's going to get to have a sort of discussion with them. They're after, the meal's finished, I guess. They're sitting around or laying around, and they're talking. And the disciples can ask him questions, can, which they've been doing for three years. But this is the last of those precious times. On the way out from there to, to, to the garden where he's arrested, Jesus will keep teaching them, but this is the, the last sort of intimate discussion, chat time. And, and Jesus knows that he is going to, to, to the cross, basically. He knows that Jesus is gone, but it's like I say, the events are in motion. And he's aware that the disciples are going to be absolutely bereft when they lose him, because they don't get it. They, they, they sort of begin to get bits of it, but they don't get that Jesus is the King, the Messiah. He is, but he's going to not be the sort of Messiah who comes and starts up a kingdom and defeats the Romans and reestablishes David's kingdom in that way. He's going to be a crucified Messiah. And they're going to be just bereft because he's been there. He's, he's been with them for three years, walking around, talking to them, teaching them, correcting them. And what's in some ways worse, I think, is that Jesus knows that, because he's told Peter, he'll deny me three times before the cock crows. 
And they're all going to, Mark says, doesn't he, they all left him. All of the disciples are going to, although at that moment they're up for, up for it, and they will say, yeah, Lord, we won't, but they will. They will. They'll all walk away. And Jesus knows, I think, that, that the disciples will feel not only bereft and lost without Jesus, but also feel that sense of, of failure sometimes. Do you get that sometimes? When, you know, you just let, oh, Lord, I let you down. Why did I say that, do that? Why did I not say and do that? And Jesus, um, I just think here, has partly got that pastor's heart for the disciples. So this last chapter, this beautiful chapter, there's so many fantastic promises in it. And in my heart at the moment, I think it's all about encouraging the disciples, the Jesus followers, the Christians, us. It's all true. It's all absolutely true. Some very deep truths, but it's mainly, I think, focused on an encouragement. And the core thing is Jesus is going to say, look, I'm not going to leave you. The Comforter's coming, the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that. It doesn't actually come until verse 17, so we've got a bit to go first. Because that is the absolute truth of why the disciples shouldn't feel lost and bereft. Because although Jesus goes, the Holy Spirit will come. And the Old Testament model of God dwelling in the temple in the middle of Jerusalem, in the kingdom, is going to be completely replaced with this, with this truth, this model, this, this king, new kingdom authority where the Holy Spirit will live in each person who follows Jesus. And that, I think, is the core bit of encouragement. But you know that. But Jesus is going to lay it on this morning a bit. And encourage us how it means. So let's look at the passage together. John 14, verse 1. He says, do not, first thing is, do not let your hearts be troubled. Actually, that phrase comes twice. It comes up again later on in the passage, verse 27. That's where it comes from. Guys, don't be troubled. Because you've got so much. Everything we need to do, this love, holy love, is it, we've got in Jesus. And, and the world out there does worry and fret about things. And there's lots of fret about sometimes. But Jesus will say to us, I think, this morning, guys, look, everything you need, you've got. God's presence with you. God is faithful. What's that word about a minute ago about faithful to his promises? God is faithful to his promises and true. So if this morning you feel a sense of like troubledness and whatever, don't. Well, you may do. That's, that's, the, that's where you are. As the disciples will be, but Jesus says, do not need to be. Because in my Father's house, verse 2, are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place I'm going. Uh, could spend a long time on that phrase. Well-known phrase. But it basically, just a moment, just says, look, I'm going to get a, prepare a place for you. For every one of us, there's a place in our heavenly kingdom, in God's heavenly kingdom. Some of the guys in church, some of you online, we'll have different stories with different, you know, we've got different places. But for every person listening this morning, Jesus says, look, there's a room for you. Yeah, I mean, you've got to take it. It's not something you get automatically. We'll come back to that in a second, love and obey. But for those who love Jesus, a place is prepared. Many rooms, that's the concept of the many. Everyone is welcome in God's kingdom, that special place. 
Thomas, always literal and faithful Thomas, says, Lord, we don't know the way you're going, so how can we know the way? Because Jesus said, you know the way. And Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair enough point, isn't it? You know, I, I, I don't put my sat-nav on and say, what's a good way to go today? I put him, I want to go to wherever, Chesham. No, I don't go to Chesham a lot, really. Um, Sheffield. And it tells me. I tell, yeah, do you get it? I say where I'm going to go, and it tells me the way. That's, you know. And I, remember those things? Remember we used to use buses and trains? Remember those? Who remembers those? <laughs> Back in a previous history. You to, and, you know, you go, you go to the station, and you say, I want to go to Sheffield. Which train goes to Sheffield? You don't get which train looks like a nice train and see where it goes. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's easy again, because it's so well known, just to flick over it. Jesus is the way. So, in a sense, we do know the ultimate destination, but we don't know where we're going. Oh, individually, as a church, as a community? What's it going to look like in six months' time? But I do know the way, because the way is Jesus. And as long as, my, as long as I hear what he's calling me to, and I'm, I follow Jesus, it will get to the right place. It's incredibly encouraging. In a sort of sense, you can't get it wrong as long as you walk in step with the Spirit. That's Paul, isn't it? Keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the comforter who's coming to, to, to help us to know which way we go and what walk. And, and Jesus is the way. It's, 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 it's trivial to say in a way, and you can say it so easily, you don't get the depth of it. I know Jesus, I talk to Jesus, and that's all I need to know. Oh, one thing I've learned in this last year is the fact that it's just hard to plan anything. As soon as you plan anything, someone, that funny bloke with the hair, my hair, I'm really sorry about my hair, by the way. I do need my hair cut, I know. I've done best with it. But the Boris chap changes the rules. And the plan's got the window. And in a way, a real, there's a real deep spiritual thing about that, about not me as a person, I want plans, I want dates. I quite like a spreadsheet, really. <laughs> The rector says, tell me about it. All right? But I've just had to learn a little bit, like, Lord, it's okay. I'll follow you. As long as I'm with you, Jesus, it's okay. I don't need to know what the next step is. All I just know is you're the way. I'm with Thomas. Tell us where we're going and we'll find the way. No, find the way and that will take you where you're going. And if at times, if there's people listening in church or online who feel a bit directionless for whatever reason... Just hear the truth. He is the way. That's all you need to know. You'll get to the right destination if you stay in touch with Jesus. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. I think Philip may partly mean this new idea of Father, because, of course, Philip is a Jew, believes in, in God, absolutely, and knows quite a lot about God. But he says, show us the Father, and that will be enough. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even I've been amongst you such a long time. Always makes me laugh, that, by the way. I've been amongst you for such a long time. It's been three years! <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you were there at the beginning of creation, you know, thousands and millions of years ago. Let's be, anyway, 
come back. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, she asked the Father, don't you believe that I, Jesus, am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Just get that as well. My words, Jesus' words, are the Father's words, and they do Father's work. Whew! And we're called to be, do greater works. And the words that we speak, when we speak in touch with the Holy Spirit, in touch with Jesus, are the words that do Father's work. Anyway, the words of uh, uh, Believe me that I'm, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of miracles themselves. He sort of says, Philip, you should get this. You've seen me. You should get the fact that I and the Father are one. But if you need some help, just look at the stuff that evidences this, the signs that you've seen for three years. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. He repeats here, just in case you didn't get it, you may ask for me anything in my name, and I will do it. Of course, loads you can say there as well, but if I'm, if I'm trying to follow Jesus, and I'm listening to Jesus, then in a real, but don't quote me on this theologically, in a real sense, I'm doing what Jesus did. I'm speaking the words that aren't my words, they're God's words. If I'm hearing what Holy Spirit's giving me, I mean, this is like a zillion miles from where I am every day, don't pretend, I mean, I fail so much, but that's what's the potential, is that I, Jesus, lives in me. And if I speak his words, they're the words that do the Father's work. And so you can call things thoughts and declare things, not in confidence in, in, you know, in me or the church or anybody, but in Jesus. And, and you know, Jesus is saying here, See, the truth about God is not propositional truth, really. You can write stuff about God, but really, because God's a personal God, you only, only really understand the truth about Father in the person of Jesus. You've got to, he's got, to, got us to show us what he's like in the person of Jesus. It's a personal truth. Jesus is the truth. He is what shows us who the Father's like. Philip, you've seen me, so you've seen the Father. Verse 15. Loads more I could say. I want to move on. I'm really getting the point. How did you? Good. 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Oh, this comes several times. Listen to this verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. It's not, it's a, it's a, it's a if you do, if you program, do write code in C or Java, it's an if then else statement. If you love me, then you will obey my command. It's not if you love me, then try and work hard at obeying my command. Is if you love me, then you will. Because the two go together. And it comes through, I think, times in this little chunk. How love and obedience are together. We love because he first loved us, quoting John's letter. God loved me, and I respond to Jesus in love. The Son of God gave his life for me. That's why we have communion. Because he loved me that much. And I respond to that in love. And I want to be a Jesus person. I want to live like 
He wants me to. And what he tells me to do is just so important. That's what I want to be. Whether I show my love from doing it, I don't know quite really. But the two go together. And of course, I said this morning at 8 o'clock, it just, you know, Jesus' commands are they're not, not, not a list of do's and don'ts. Love your neighbour. Love each other. Love God. And we need to walk with Jesus, hearing Holy Spirit, to get what that means on a day-by-day basis. But I want to please Jesus. I want, to, I want him to say yes. Well, I'm mate. Even the ones go wrong. And the world cannot see him. So he goes, verse 16. This is, the, this is what I'm supposed to preach on, really. So far, it's all intro. Getting there. Verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he, is, he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realise that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Jesus, not Iscariot, said, Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. By the way, we will come and make our home with him. Is the same word as in my father's house there are many rooms. We have a dwelling in heaven. Amazing! But perhaps even more amazing, God by his spirit dwells in us. He has a dwelling here. Little, I always want to quote, is it... Um, um, it's Aladdin, isn't it? Where at the end of Aladdin, where the bad genie gets put back in the bottle, he has that phrase, for a genie, awesome magical powers and itty-bitty living space. Is that, is that Aladdin? Have I got that right? <laughs> awesome, mighty God, and itty-bitty living space. But that's the truth. Do, do I actually believe that? I do, Lord. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. The Father will love him, and we will come with him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching, if then else. If you obey me, love me, you'll obey my teaching, else you won't. Then the words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Uh, the other versions, quite a lot of other versions. The word counselor here has, has a sort of uh, overtone of um, law courts, particularly American law courts. Um, I, again, my, my brain goes back to Perry Mason. Anyone who's old enough to remember Perry Mason? I'm not telling you. Counselor, I'll make your case. That's what the Americans say, isn't it? They call lawyers counselors. Um, and that sort of gets it, I think. I, I think it's a word that's quite hard to translate. It's Holy Spirit. We know Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We sort of know who he is. It's God living with us. But the older versions use the word comforter, which I prefer in a way. Um, the The Greek word means someone called alongside to help. Now, is someone called alongside, not to say they're there, it's okay, but someone called alongside to sort of, okay, let's sort this out. I suppose in a way, it's much like me going to 
um, uh, an accountant, sort my tax form out, you know, come and give me a hand with this type of thing. Jesus says the counsellor, the comforter, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit will come and come alongside you. And in this passage, the, the prime thing here is, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, although I'm going to the cross and you won't see me anymore. I will come and live in you, and that will be this, this Holy Spirit coming and living in you. You will know me. But the detailed things he picks up here are two things, which are both of which really important, I think. Well, Jesus says them, they have to be, really. Um, so in verse 25, whom the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Um, again, my, my sort of teacher DNA um, gets the first one of those. Jesus has been with them three years, he's taught them for three years, and they still don't get much. And he's thinking, okay, it's all right. <laughs> Holy Spirit will come and teach them. Show us how teaching here is not, not teaching facts, it's teaching us how to love and obey Jesus. How to walk with Jesus being the way. Jesus is the way. And Holy Spirit will teach us. Every one of us. Let's be clear. It's not some special thing that, like, you know, vicars or very religious people get Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person that lives in each one. Every Christian. Everyone who names Jesus. If you haven't decided to follow Jesus, do it. Come to him. Say sorry for your sins. And commit yourself to following Jesus. Talk to Laurie or me or anyone. If you want to need help with that. But once you commit yourself to following Jesus, once you become a follower of Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, we may, or after a while, or when you get good enough, we will. He just says, we will come and live with you. We'll come and make our dwelling with you by Holy Spirit. And we can all learn from that. Hey, it's great to learn together. There's a fantastic power of community. Haven't we learned that this last year? Oh, that flipping, that lament, you know. It's quite good, that lament, wasn't it? Table of seven as a rule of six. I love it. Um, but we've missed community because it's important. But Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. We don't have to go to an expert to ask. What do I do here, Lord? Oh, just ask. We have the expert living with us. You may surprise you to know, but Holy Spirit understands Scripture better than Laurie or me. Yeah, good job, isn't it, really? And it says, Holy Spirit will bring, I'll remind you of everything I said. Now, when he says remind you of everything I said, Jesus said a lot, I guess. But I, in my head, that is that experience where I, as I'm in some situation or whatever, I do often pray explicitly, Lord, what do I do? Sometimes I don't. But still, Holy Spirit brings a word to mind. Very often a word of, of, of Scripture, of Jesus Read the Bible. It's much easier for the Holy Spirit to bring to mind things Jesus said if you put it in your head in the first place. Holy Spirit can do it without that. I have endless stories of young people, particularly become Christians. I can't remember Mike Thorne here, but sorry, Mike, if you're listening, you're not probably, who actually had no idea of Scripture, but still Holy Spirit spoke truth into their lives, which was, was Scripture, right? They didn't know it. Well, that's, 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 that's okay. For a little, you know, when you first become a Christian, it's okay for the first month or two. Read scripture. So Holy Spirit can highlight it and bring the right thing to mind 
at the right time. Holy Spirit comes alongside, the comforter alongside, to help us to walk in the way. Oh, there's another 20, oh no, another 20 odd verses, but Jesus says, as he ends, I'm come to land on this. Johnny, do you want to swap again? Where's he gone? I don't know what we're doing next. <laughs> I'm glad someone does. Verse 27. Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. Do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not, let them be, do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. Peace, that wholeness, that shalom. Jesus says, that's what I leave with you guys. Disciples, but also with us. Because we know, beyond knowing, that we're loved by God and that we have that counsellor, that comforter, that Holy Spirit, presence living with us. And whatever you're facing this week, Jesus is with you. Whatever you're facing this week, Holy Spirit is there. Amen? Let's take a moment, shall we? Father, we'll offer up ourselves before you. We just stand before you. We just thank you for the fantastic truths that we've looked over. And so many we've missed. Just encourage us, Jesus. Help us to continually be your people in the world.